Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to VO Booth Besties. Like our intro said, we're here to help working voice actors get your most important questions answered by industry pros who know. Each week, we'll have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on that topic. Speaking of which, we want to be sure you are all current on all the speakers and uh, upcoming opportunities we have going on. So we're creating an email distro list. If you want to get on, just head over to boothbesties.com and shoot us a message with your email. So our housekeeping. In order to stay on topic tonight, we're going to get as many of your questions answered as we can, and we're going to keep hand raising turned off. So if you uh, have a question, you want to pop that in the chat because that will remain open, and I will be monitoring that. Um, without further ado, let us meet our guest, um, A.B., well, we can go ahead and announce him, even though he's not here yet, right? <laughs> sure. All right. We have the honor of being joined by the incredible Dave Vinoy. Dave Vinoy has been a preeminent working voice actor in Los Angeles since 1990 and one of the most versatile voices in the industry, you guys. He has provided voices for commercials, narrations, TV promos, award shows, animation, and games. His promo clients over the years include Hulu.com, ABC, The WB, Fox, CBS, Showtime, Stars, ESPN, The Disney Channel, and TV One. Notable voice credits include Lexus, McDonald's, Corona, KFC, Toy Toyota, Chrysler, and AT&T. Time Life Music, R&B Gospel, and Southern Company. Whew. Gamers enjoy his work on StarCraft II, Metal Gear, That's So Raven, Ultimate Spider-Man, Delta Force, Star Wars, Lara Croft Tomb Raider, and many others. His narration credits include programs for National Geographic, Discovery Channel, and Science Channel's popular series, When Earth Erupts. His various film voices include Ghost Rider, Happy Feet, and King's Ransom. And he has proved a cartoon favorite in such series as The LeBrons, Kim Possible, Ben 10, Darkwing Duck, New Kids on the Block, Pro Stars, Johnny Quest, and Sonic the Hedgehog. Dave has been the show voice for several TV award shows, TV and award shows, among them Late Night with Greg Kinnear, the Billboard Music Awards, the Teen Choice Awards, Cedric the Entertainer Presents, and for the pa past 15 years, the NAACP Image Awards. Wow. That is an incredible list of accomplishments. And we know that that is just skimming the surface. So over to you, NJ. Dave, welcome. Can you unmute yourself and join the conversation? Bottom right corner, you might have to leave and oh, come. There it is. There, oh, there, it, is. Is. there it is. <laughs> Hi, Dave. Yeah, I'm just getting my clubhouse credentials together here. <laughs> I know. No, inevitably, someone's punching their face with their finger over and over. How do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> well, we are so glad that you have joined us. I have to tell you, the minute we posted that you were joining us, people immediately started sending us messages of praise and excitement. So oh, wow. no question, your reputation precedes you for sure. Well, well I'm over here blushing. Oh, good. <laughs> well, you know what? VO Booth Besties, kind of our um, sort of our, our format is that we really like to get to the nitty gritty. And so we're going to really start off basic and 
hopefully educate everyone. We know that you do one of everything. I mean, my goodness, your bio was remarkable. Um, but one area of interest right now that's just really booming are animation and video games, which of course I know you know more than, <laughs> know better than anyone. So I was hoping to start off with what drew you to the character side of VO? Did it choose you or did you choose it? Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. When I uh, started on my VO journey, uh, the two things that I wanted to do, well, actually, there were, well, there were actually four, but uh, uh, I wanted to do cartoons and cartoons and, and TV promo and commercials were probably uh, what I was looking to do the most, uh, along with some narration. And uh, sometimes uh, TV promos and animation uh, don't go together. And at the time that I started doing voiceover in Los Angeles, there were no video games as both of them now. Uh, and when I started booking work for video games, I really just thought of it as another form of animation. Uh, but the two uh, genres have very much diverged. Uh, animation still leans into the funny. That's not to say there's not uh, uh, drama in some animation. And video games lean towards the drama. Uh, not to say that there's not uh, comedy in some video games, but uh, you're looking for more cinematic performances there. And I have to say the genre chose me. Okay. Okay. So when you are, when you're talking about like delivery and style. I like how you describe that. I'm hoping we could go just a little bit deeper, but when you're talking about the difference in delivery and style of animation versus video game, you know, it's not just quote, putting on a voice. It's not no. just being a character. So can you kind of speak a little bit uh, to the nuance of animation and video game and how they are different? Well, once again, animation uh, is more animated typically. Uh, now, Sometimes it's a hard distinction to see uh, because in video games, you go from a whisper to a scream. You're going to be playing characters uh, with all kinds of various energies. But the stories that video games tell, the world uh, of, of video games is much more dramatic than the world of uh, animation. Uh, you'll see a lot of great uh, cartoons, animated features uh, that have drama in them, but a lot of comedy. Uh, whereas uh, with video games, you can get just pure drama. Uh, and they're much more analogous to uh, feature films. Uh, any genre you can think of for a feature film, there is a genre of video games, including uh, uh, romantic comedy. So I think when, when you use that, that perspective, to me, I hear, and I know, gosh, we've just, this term is almost just annoying, but it's more authentic. It, it's, it's more, more you. You know what? Yes, I will agree with that. Although uh, I do a lot of uh, voices uh, doing video games, but very often it's, it's just you as the actor. Okay. Uh, but, and, and there's nothing wrong with, with doing character voices and accents and all of that, as long as you bring something else to the table besides 
that character voice or that accent. You've got to bring the character, the backstory, uh, the worldview. Yeah, we're going to get there. So I love that you're setting us on a fantastic path for this conversation. So do you think one must have an aptitude for character work, like something you're born with? Or do you think coaching can get you there? Because it seems kind of nuanced. It seems complex and layered to really be able to deliver, um, again, I'm going to say authentic, but a believable character. Well, you know, some actors are better than other actors. We saw some of the top actors in the world last night uh, at the Academy Awards uh, recognizing one another for their great work over the last year. So uh, there are, are lots and lots and lots of really fine actors that uh, weren't nominated for anything and may never be. Uh, but to answer your question, yes. Um, you can learn to be a good actor, but some people are born with more talent for acting. Some people have a natural empathy. Some people have paid more attention, not necessarily on purpose of the human condition and what people look like, sound like, move like uh, in the world. And all, all of our acting, especially in video games, is based on the human condition. Even if we're playing that robot, it's how far away from the human condition, how far away from uh, natural thoughts and feelings to something else. Okay. I, I, yeah, I, I really like that. Um, I have on good authority from someone who used to be in casting, and this person commented that they are were always blown away at the choices that you made for characters when you submitted auditions, and you were extremely consistent and top notch. So, and, and that you were clearly purposeful and well, and and your choices were well thought out. Can you 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 touched on this just a minute ago, and like I said, I said it was a perfect setup for the path we're on. Can you speak to your process when deciding how to approach a character for an audition? Well, you know what? You want to get as much information about the world that that character is living in. Uh, I call it an, an outside-in view. Uh, what is the game? What's the world that the game lives in? Uh, that's going to give you a lot of information about uh, uh, the tone, the overall tone. Uh, if you're talking about the Walking Dead game, you know, it's post-apocalyptic. Uh, people don't have the things they used to have. They're ordinary people in extraordinary circumstances. If you're talking about, uh, you know, one of the, the battle war games, well, it's it's battle and war. And you have everything in between. There are sword and sorcery games. There are... Uh, crime games uh all kind whatever you can think of for movies there is uh for video games so you want to get what what's the big picture here what is the the overall feel of this game going to be then you want to look at who your character is what's your character's backstory if there is one sometimes the characters you're playing can be very stereotypical and have a very short character description other times, uh, you know, uh, how your character was treated as a child and uh, the relationship he had with his mother 
and uh, you know, the various things that may have happened to him become very important in, in who that character is and how they show up. So you want to take in as that information as well. So we know what this game feels like. We know who this character is, what their worldview is. Now we want to get down to individual scenes. And we want to get as much information as we can about that scene. Sometimes it seems like they don't give you that much. Uh, but often you can extrapolate just from the dialogue. Uh, one of the things I suggest to people is to ask yourself what just happened that your character is saying what they're saying. Uh, oftentimes you'll get sides and there's always some little speech that begins and maybe there there's no dialogue before. Well, what might have been the dialogue? Uh, say you had a, I don't know why I came back here either. Hmm, what was said? That I'm saying that perhaps somebody said, I don't know why I came back here. Now you've, you've got the perfect, I don't know why I came back here either. Simple things like that. Uh, paying attention, are you indoors, outdoors? Are you talking to one person, 10 people? How close are those people to you that you're talking to? What's your relationship? I give my students uh, what I call the, the basics for every scene. What are you reacting to? What are you thinking? What are you feeling? What are you doing? Who are you talking to? What's that relationship? Uh, when you pay attention to those things and do all that homework uh, before you open your mouth, uh, things begin to make sense. Uh, one other thing, and, and I can just ramble on and on here and I hope I'm not You're boring good. anybody. We're here for your knowledge, <laughs> whatever you're willing to share. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're looking at cinematic performances, what you want is the same kind of feeling you get from the movies. Uh, and all too often we are forgetting that we are lacking some things that the actor on stage or on camera has. That actor on stage or on camera is in costume. They have another actor that they are bouncing energy off of. If they're on stage, they have an audience that they're bouncing energy off of. And even on the set, we don't think about it, but there's a crew there, there's a director there, there are people paying attention to your performance. Uh, so you have that energy coming through. You have movement. Uh, there's blocking, you know, from here to here, hit your spot, say your line. Uh, and because you have other things and other people there, you have focus, places that your focus goes. Well, when we... Words on a page. So what we have to be able to do is imagine all those things that we are lacking. This, because all we have are words on a page or screen and a microphone in front of us. So our movement has to be truncated, but we have to have movement. Uh, we also need to understand that it's not about the words. They're only part of it. Uh, and when you give yourself all those other things, uh, the, the movement, the where am I, uh, the, the, the interaction with a character that you have to create, the words become less important. 
All too often, we're trying to make everything happen by how we say the words, and the truth of the matter is, uh, our bodies inform our voices, our thoughts, our feelings. Let that drive you, and you will come to believable performances that uh, you didn't know you would be able to get. And you, you know, that, and, and, oh my gosh, I mean, I say profound, but it really is. I know so many people start in commercial or maybe start in audiobooks or come from a completely different place. But what you're saying really speaks to two experiences I've had recently. And I'd, I'd love to just kind of piggyback. And one, I did some, I did some animation video game coaching, um, several months ago. And one of the things coming from more of a commercial background, I'm a music theater actor by trade, but coming from uh, doing commercial, that believability, that getting away from the words you were speaking to is slowing down, like being in the moment. And, and I would, I found myself so worried about getting the line out and making sure I was including all the words that I wasn't stepping back from it and giving it space, allowing the, allowing the character to breathe and look around and look right and, and left and, and, allow vocal efforts to happen, you know? And so that was really eye-opening for me was just be more in the moment, like take a breath. <laughs> a absolutely. Now, I really believe that uh, if you are studying acting and, and in, in my case, say voice acting for video games, it's gonna make you better at everything because of just what you're talking about. Uh, when you've got that 30 second commercial that you've got to get in in 30 seconds, it's a great skill to be able to do that, especially when they're overwritten as they are so many times. But what are you what talking about? <laughs> <laughs> often, often what we forget, uh, there's an old saying, the acting happens in between the lines. And what that is, is your character's inner dialogue, your character's feeling. Um, your characters finding the words. All too often, uh, actors are trying to make sure they say everything perfectly when in the real world, we don't say everything perfectly. You've heard me with a lot of ums, ums, trying to remember, okay, I wanted to go there. Oh, gee, I almost forgot my thought. Let me come back. Because that's who we are as human beings. Your character never has a script. Those words have to come to them. And when you say, what are you reacting to? If you've got a paragraph of things that you're saying, there are gonna be a bunch of things within that paragraph that your character's reacting to. The look on the face of the person they're talking to, uh, somebody that walks by if, if they're in a restaurant or something like that, a new thought that pops into their mind or a new feeling, oh, I, I'm a little hesitant to tell you this or I was trying to remember something and then out it comes in a flow. We, we are looking to find the humanity in our characters and, and the human experience. That, that's so perfectly said. And that leads me into the second um, opportunity that I had recently that also really helped me get into that place was I did my first English dub. Ah. And, you know, I tell you what, that talk about having to emulate, you know, to, to, to become someone else. I mean, you're quite literally becoming the actor who has already done the work, but you have to have, yes, you're, you're doing their vocal, ex their, their, their face expressions. You are 
you're doing their exhales, you're crying, you're screaming, you're angry. I mean, and you can't rush it. You can't, nope. you know, you can't try and squeeze it all in. And that is an opportunity that like it or not, it forces you now again, you, you know, you want it to be somewhat intuitive, instinctual, how you do your, you know, your voiceover work, but with dubbing specifically, you have to quickly get into that place and be able to emote and, and, and make the sounds and do all that. And it, it was really, it was really powerful. Actually, it was very emotional for me. Uh, one of the, one of the scenes I did, I was like, I wasn't expecting that. Well, and you know what? Uh, dubbing is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger because uh, we are in a world now hungry for content. Uh, when you look at, you know, just 10 years ago, uh, what was available uh, to, to display content and now, uh, and we're only getting more and more and more, uh, you know, this station pluses and, and uh, places for content. So, the world is looking for great shows. They come in all colors, all languages. So we're getting shows from all over the world being dubbed into languages all over the world. And the job is both acting and it's uh, tech technical. Uh, so you're an artist, but you're also a technician uh, and you're leaning, and I won't say you're giving up your artistry as, a, as an artist, but you are following the pattern of the actor you are bringing to life in another language. So the lip flap has to match, uh, the breaths have to match, uh, the, the nuances have to match. Uh, we've gotten very, very picky about making sure that those things do work. Uh, and the technology is getting better. And guess who does most of the dubbing work now? Voice actors who are coming out of video games. Huh. Well, I mean, it, it, it's a perfect tie-in. I mean, that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> you know, now those two experiences align with exactly what you're saying. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. That's 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 just you're hitting the nail on the head for me. So, okay, let's um, circle back. So, you clearly authenticity of character um, is very important to you, really being fully invested. You know, for people who are new to animation and video games, you know, how much time, it sounds like you spend a, more than a minute trying to figure <laughs> this out. So can you kind of speak to your process in that part? Like, are you spending a lot of time? Are you printing out scripts and marking them up? Are you creating vision boards? I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I, um, I don't mark up any scripts. Interesting. I, I, I don't. There, when I when I started, I did. Um, now, the one thing I will do is make sure that uh, the print is big enough for me to see it and highlight it. Um, and I will familiarize myself with everything in the scene uh, beyond uh, what I'm saying. You know, sometimes we have actors that are, well, let's see, um, Oh, that's bullshit, 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 my line, bullshit, bullshit, my line, my line, my line, and bullshit, bullshit. Oh, be what uh, we are responding to. Uh, we need to know what the other actor is saying. We need to pay attention to the, the, the stage directions that are being given. 
Uh, I'm working with students sometimes and I'll say, well, where are you? It's clearly right there on the page, but they haven't bothered to check it out, despite the fact that one of the first things I say when you're working with me is pay attention to the stage directions. Uh, we get lazy sometimes. And, and once again, I think it comes down to, oh, it's about the words. Eh, the words are only part of it. Whoops, sorry. Um, so with that being said, how much allowance is there in improvising, in adding vocal efforts, in kind of tweaking your delivery? You know what? Um, I had a session earlier today and I don't even think about it anymore. I'll be in this, what the scene is and I will just, I don't think about it. I just feel it. It, it, it feels right that there's a sigh or a grunt or a laugh or something at the beginning, in the middle, at the end, and out it comes. It's not always planned. As a matter of fact, most of the time, not planned. But, but I, I imagine once you're in that zone, you've mm -hmm. done your research, you're in that place, you're, you're, you know, yeah, I imagine it becomes very um, second nature. It becomes second nature and you have to give yourself permission, or as I've said, from the Council on Acting uh, upon high, I've been given <laughs> uh, permission to tell actors that yes, you can grunt and groan and uh, make noises appropriate uh, to the character. You do not have to stop for periods and commas and you can put in commas and periods where they are not written in. Uh, go forth and act wonderfully. Um, <laughs> okay, well, you said it here, so I'm good. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, it, it's, it's not about the words. Once again, we're, we're looking at what the writer wrote. Um, and I find sometimes that I switch words around or, or say it a little bit wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I'm reading it, but in my head, you know, have you ever noticed when you're reading sometimes there's a, a little your brain has a little anticipation of what it should be. Yep. And that adds to the realness. That adds to the realness. And so I haven't been in a session in a long time where someplace along the way, I said it wrong. And the director goes, you know what? Um, those two words were switched, but I like the way you did it better. Or, oh, that, you know what? That makes more sense. Um, writers aren't always necessarily saying what yep. they write. Yeah. Uh, it's got to come, come out of somebody's mouth. Um, and I always tell myself, look, the, the, the writer takes us halfway there. We've got to take it the rest of the way. It's the best imitation of human speech that we have, but it's not human speech. And trying to stay true to exactly what the writer wrote and when they're trying to help you with a dot, dot, dot or an underline or capitalizing, uh, they're giving you an indication of what they think it should be, but that might not fit with you at that moment. If you can, if you can pull it off and stay true to the character as you've conceived them, great. But don't let that be a constraint for you. Yeah, yeah, and I think having you know, I would think the other thing 
and this is, <laughs> we, we usually try to put together kind of, uh, we, people submit questions for us and we'll, in a little bit, we'll take questions from the chat and the other two um, ladies who I do this room with, we usually compile some questions as well. And this is totally off topic or not off topic, but not part of our list, but it came to me that I also think, not think, I know there is some confidence that needs to come with that. How many times, and I know people down in the audience have experiences where you do make a mistake and you find yourself going, oops, sorry, or you're self-directing and you you stop yourself and oops, I didn't do it right. And the director, you know, and I, I, I even did this. I was guilty of this when I was in a demo session. I was like, ooh, I was really articulate on that. And they're like, mm, no, we'll tell you when, yeah. you know, and, and I did. And I, I, I fully admit that I did that too. But I also think it's, it's, it's owning you, you, the big Y-O-U, and having confidence that you can come forward and do that script because you wouldn't, you would just go. It sounds like you just go. You're not going to second well, guess you know, yourself. Uh, uh, no, I, I'm going to second guess myself. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes if you really have made a mistake, uh, it's, it's not the meaning of thing. Uh, you know, you've lost a little concentration or whatever. Or, or just the fact that we are human beings and we're going to make mistakes. And sometimes we're, we hit that word and we didn't read uh, that line ahead. And it's some name of some person on some planet uh, that also has a name that we've never said, seen before. Uh, so sometimes, yeah, you're going you're, you're gonna to make some mistakes. I promise you that. Uh, now, knowing that, don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, and I'd rather my students be in character and we fix the mistake, go back and, and do a reread, than, oh, you read it perfectly, but now I'm not feeling the character. Mm, that is a fantastic piece of insight. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we all have ways to get back. One of the things you want to do is... Uh, if you're going to beat yourself up a little bit, do it in a second or two. I will cuss myself out. For, oh, David, Fanoi, what the hell, man? And boom, and I'm back. Uh, and we're all going to, you're going to run into it. There's going to be that paragraph with those words that you've never said before, you've never seen before. And they've got to flow out of your mouth uh, like they're second nature. And it may take you a minute to get it right. But people on the other side, uh, the directors, the producers, they've been working with actors for a long time. They know this about us. And they much rather you be the character and have to take four or five takes to get it right than read it absolutely perfectly. But eh, it's not a great performance. It's it's no performance. It's not the character. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, this is great. This is just, you're reinforcing. And this, and this also helps us, um, in developing habits and I, you know what else, Dave, cause we will circle back to this at the end. It also gives us in insight to your coaching style and to really how you approach things and what we can be prepared to learn from you as well. Oh yeah. I, I, I have an, a number of things that I, because we, and, and I know you didn't ask me this, but I'm giving you an answer anyway. Uh, we have to be familiar with the script. We want, don't want to be uh, second guessing or to you what's coming up, what's coming up, what's coming up. You want to have a familiarity. You're not going to memorize it. You will never have that chance. You will never see the whole script uh, before you are doing the whole script. Um, but you, you know, 
fortunately, most of the time, it's a few short lines. You do an ABC on on a take, and they'll listen and they'll decide, oh, I like uh, A, B, or C. While they're doing that, read ahead the next line. Ah. Just so you know what it is. Uh, and now when you're at home, you've got to be your own director. When you're on the job, you have a director who's telling you, giving you context, telling you what your character is thinking, feeling, so forth and so on, what the situation is. But allow yourself just to let go and be that character. Stop worrying about the words. Worry more about, okay, this character is jumping off a bridge. Oh, no, I'm jumping off a bridge. Why the hell did I do that? Or this character is so tired and I'm just going to go to sleep. It's a phone ringing. Whatever it is, Mm -hmm. play it real it's not oh the phone is ringing gosh uh, why am i so upset with that and sigh <laughs> play play more than the words yeah once again play your play your reactions your thoughts your feelings your distance from whoever it is you're talking to uh, all those other things beyond the words will make the words special don't make the words precious they're not Yep. All right. On that note, can I cut in for a quick room reset? Yes. I can't believe we've already made it to a half hour and you have thrown out so much amazing information. Um, If you've just joined us, we're VO Booth Besties and our goal is to help working voice actors get the answers to their questions from the pros who know. Tonight, we're joined by the remarkable Dave Benoit, and we're discussing voiceover for animation and video games. Back to you, NJ. Thank you. Um, before we continue, JT, do we? Ha- I know we've got questions in the chat, so you might as well just jump in. Oh, we have all the questions from the chat. Um, AB, if you can kind of take over on monitoring that while I look at my notebook, I've got three pages here. <laughs> I've Maybe got I'm it. right big, but um, okay. So let's go way back. MJ asked in Latin, the rule is acting over synchronization do you support this criteria in english as well wait wait a minute give me that question again in um in in latum the rule is acting over synchronization so in latum yeah latin american oh 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 in latin well you know uh the true experts on uh, synchronization or dubbing as we're calling it uh, are the latin actors They've been dubbing uh, things into uh, Spanish from English and other languages much longer than the rest of us have. Um, now, if you say the rule is, um, I, I think the rule is, is both. You have to get the lip flap right. Uh, you have to match uh, the sound, the feeling, the, 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 uh, pacing of the character but you also need to be a good actor it also needs to tell who this character is okay so that answer really is both it 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 really is both you know it's it's you really want both uh you're a technician and you're an artist the artistry of 
uh, character has to be there and the technique of matching the lip flap and 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 the pacing of the actor you are uh, replacing has to be there. Okay. Um, Molly asked a little while ago, have you ever played the games that you voiced? <laughs> I am not a gamer. Um, so I have not played them. I have watched playthroughs often, um, but uh, probably less often than you might imagine. My joy is actually doing the work, not so much uh, listening back to the work. All right. Well, a little follow-up question on that. Do you have a favorite character that you've voiced? Well, I always come back to Lee Everett from The Walking Dead game because he was so generous with the gifts that he gave me. Uh, this was 2013, the game won 100 Game of the Year awards. I was nominated for best performance in a video game a bunch of times. Uh, I was nominated for a BAFTA. I got to go to London for the ceremony. Oh, wow. I didn't, didn't win, but I understand what all those Oscar nominees uh, felt like having been nominated. That in and itself is a win. Uh, and it's still the character that uh, fans want the most autographs on and do the most voices <laughs> of. So uh, Lee, Lee Everett. But in many ways, that question is like asking a parent, uh, who's your favorite child? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I, I love we them We actually all. know, Dave. We actually yeah. have, each have one. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but Lee Everett uh, got wealthy and bought me a house. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that would be my favorite child as well. <laughs> um, okay, Tara Lynn asked, what advice do you have for someone coming from an audiobooks background? You know, I think audiobook uh, narrators might have one of the easier paths because they're playing a lot of characters. They're not... Uh, fully scoping them out, they're narrating, and we'll get a little touch of this character, a little touch of that character. Uh, but the, the narrators I have heard, um, they, have, uh, they have the feeling of what's needed. They are storytellers, and, but they bring just a little bit of character in the story, and they're subtle. Uh, so they might have to push it a little bit more uh, maintain uh, those speeches longer. Uh, but I think they are a step ahead of the game than, say, somebody coming out of TV promos or uh, or commercials. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, JS asked, have you ever just given up and asked a director for a line read? Uh, I have never given up and asked ask for a line reader, but a line read, but some directors have given me line reads. Uh, you know, uh, there's, this, there's this thing, oh, I hate line reads, I'm an actor, I agree. You know, sometimes a director just wants a particular thing. Uh, you're going to read so many lines, you're going to perform so many lines over the course of your career. A line read here to a if if it's going to move that session on forward, great. If that's the way <laughs> they want to hear it, great. Now, if it's line read after line read after line read, now we got a problem. But that right. typically does not happen. 
All right. Bonnie asked, is there a place for older voices in video games, especially if you've gotten all the dissuading advice about the genre? Have you seen my gray hair and my gray <laughs> beard? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, watch movies. What ages do you see in movies? Um, uh, Michelle Yao, yesterday, uh, don't let anybody tell you you're over the hill. We need characters of all ages, uh, from kids to great, great grandpappy. So, uh, no, that good acting is what is needed. Absolutely. I mean, it, and you need the authenticity. Yeah. That, yeah. That your actual age brings to that character. And, and, but you know, it's, it's easier to, to age your voice up than to, uh, age your voice down. True. I mean, it, it, it can be done. Uh, but a lot easier to sound older than younger. Okay. David asked, when you're going through a scene, do you hear the other characters? No. <laughs> okay, Alex. You know, you're always working by yourself uh, in video games. I'm on more than 500 games, lots and lots and lots of sessions. I can count on one hand the number of ensemble uh, sessions I've had. So it, you're going to be in the booth by yourself. And in your head, do you, your, do you yeah. give those, do you personally give those other characters a, a voice and kind of interact with them as you're going yeah, through the script? You, you, you give them a voice. If you've got the dialogue there, you give them a voice. Or the director might say, okay, you're talking to such and such a person. Uh, and very often you're playing a character who is saying a number of things that could be said to anybody. So now it's more about what's the situation. It's not about the relationship I have with this particular character, but the relationship I have in general with people that I come into contact with. So it's okay. not as specific to a person, but it's specific to uh you as the character and the situation that you're in all right and so um alicia threw a couple questions into the chat and we had a lot of response to those so i'm gonna switch gears here a little bit um is it true that in order to get anywhere in animation or video games you have to be in la no uh, there was a time that was true. The internet has democratized uh, where we live now. Um, as long as you've got a Mac, a microphone, and a high-speed internet connection and talent, you can work from anywhere. Okay. Do you find that's more true for video games than it is for animation, or is it equal across both those fields? Um, I'm going to say it's... Uh, you may have a little leg up in Los Angeles to uh, some other places on the planet. Um, but I think it's about the same for both. Uh, video games have infected animation. Our busy lives have infected animation. What I'm, and what I mean by that is video games have always been one person uh, at a time. We used to do animation ensemble. 
But now that so many people uh, have their own home studios, we came through the pandemic, which is difficult, if not impossible, to get a group of people into a room to work together. Uh, so now uh, a lot of animation, they are recording one actor at a time, and you're not bouncing energy off of other actors. That's interesting. I, I mean, personally, I think it would be harder for me to do animation without having those other characters to play off of. Uh, you know what? Um, I'm going to say that it is and it isn't. It's, uh, it's a gift when you have it. But, but just like in, in video games, when you don't, Right. You've got you've got to create it. You've got to create it in your head what you're responding to. All right. Um, a follow up on that is what's the best way to find work in animation or video games? Is it truly just through an agent these days? Well, no, I think still the best work comes through agents. Uh, but we're living in a world that has been uh, at war with uh, working class people. Uh, for 50, 60 years now. So there is less union work now than there was. Uh, I'd like to think that somehow we're going to be getting back to uh, more of us being represented by the union, more work paying union wages. Uh, but there are pay-to-play sites. I'm not a fan of them, but there, there's game work there and animation work there. Uh, one of the things I would do were I not represented uh, would be to do that LinkedIn and Mandy and Google search uh, for animation houses, uh, production companies, um, networks and cable stations that are uh, doing uh, animation um, and getting my very professionally produced animated demo uh, to the people in casting and writing and directing. Okay, so you got to just go out there and get it yourself. Uh, if you're if you're not represented, yeah. If you're not represented, yeah. Then you you add the job of being your own agent. Okay, and you mentioned the demos. Do you think, in the case of animation and video game, it's worth going the extra mile to get um, an actual demo. video demo rather than just an audio only? You, you know what. Uh, uh, it, it would be helpful, I think. I think people respond to video just a, a tad better, but I don't think it's necessary. If you have a killer uh, animation demo and a killer video game demo, demo uh, I think you're doing fine. Okay. And I, I mean, there's such a difference, too, between your animation demo and your video demo versus your commercial demo and your narration demo. I there's got to be so much more put into it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what are demos? Uh, they give the buyer of your talent an idea of what you would sound like uh, on this commercial or this narration or an, or a cartoon series or a video game of, of some kind. And you want to show off a variety of different kinds of characters uh, in different moods. Um, and situations. Yeah, I I think there's a there's a place you know for 
people who are starting out to be able to do some of their own demos, either themselves or with um, with the help from a friend who's a little in the know with the the sound you know, effects I'm, and the beds. But uh, I, I made the same mistake when I started in, in video, well, video. When I started in voiceover, I made my own demo. It was terrible. <laughs> uh, fortunate, fortunately, it displayed some talent, and the agent that listened to it and ultimately signed me said, "Go back, redo this, uh, and see me in six months." So it didn't stop me, but it delayed me. Mm-hmm. So my suggestion is, uh, you know, demos are expensive now; they're averaging about two thousand dollars a pop, um, especially for animation and video games. Uh, so maybe don't get uh, try to get both of them made at the same time unless mm-hmm. from a very professional demo maker who knows what needs to be put on these demos. Um, if you can get a deal, maybe they'll do three of them for four thousand or something. Uh, and I know that sounds like a lot of money, but uh, one game at union rates will pay half of that. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's some places where you can, where you can skimp a little tiny bit if you're if you're talented enough to pull it off. Um, but animation and video games are are definitely not that area. Yeah, let me uh, let me say, can I can I advertise something? Sure. I have a um, uh, a getaway, a voiceover getaway coming up at the end of April, the 27th through the 30th that I'm doing with uh, Randall Ryan, who is a casting and director of video games, uh, Gillian Brashear, who is also that, and Mark Estale, uh, a director of video games from London, and Aaron Fitzgerald, who is just an amazing voiceover actress. Uh, it's called VO Mexico 2023. It'll be in Acamal, Mexico, just down the road from Cancun. And um, we still have places, uh, 14 is the max. And uh, if you are interested, just look it up. Just look it up. VO Mexico, GameVOMexico.com, GameVOMexico.com. Some of the top uh, teachers, directors uh, for video games, and it's three days of intense uh, video game acting. and and up through simulated sessions. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that's a conference or, well, it's not really a conference, a, a, an oh, intensive it's, workshop it's, that it's I haven't heard about. It's an intensive workshop. Yeah. Yeah. GameVOMexico.com. Uh, and myself, uh, Aaron Fitzgerald as actors and three directors, Randall Ryan, Gillian mm-hmm. Bashir, and Mark Estale. Um, if, if you have a modicum of talent and you want to know how to do this, you will learn how to do this. Awesome. Okay. Jen, just put the link to that at the top of the page and I will make sure to include that, um, in the links on the podcast when we put that up tomorrow too. Okay. And we, we've got about nine minutes. I've got a hard out at six, but, uh, keep them coming. All right. Uh, let me see where we are with questions. Do you have anything new from the chat, AB? Can I jump in? I've got two before Go we wrap up. Okay. Uh-huh. So, okay. Uh, last week, 
uh, Liz Atherton, you were on Clubhouse with her and Cast Voices, and or two weeks ago. Anyway, I wanted to revisit something that you said um, or that you talked about was two takes when submitting an audition. Could you speak to that for everyone in the audience? Well, when you ask the question like that, it it it, it kind of indicates that I would say, oh, give two mm-hmm. takes. I don't necessarily believe okay. that. Uh, if you have two takes and they are different takes, uh, a different feeling of, of who this character is, maybe it's a, a different, maybe they said we're open to different uh, uh, accents. So you did one in your normal accent and you did one in another accent. Um, then if it's something something different, yeah, go for two takes or even three if they're different. Okay. Uh, but one great take is enough. Yep. Be confident. You're in the character. It's authentic. It's you. Okay. How about slating in character? Yes, no, maybe? You know, I, I don't think it's that big a deal. Uh, okay. People put a lot of, uh, there's a lot of talk about slate. Sometimes they don't want any slate nowadays. Uh, my tendency is to slate in my own voice, hi, this is Dave Fenoy. If I mention the character, I might be, hi, this is Dave Fenoy playing the part of so-and-so. Um, <laughs> I love it. Uh, but I, I think ultimately, uh, you know, have enough energy in your slate. You don't want to be playing a character that has this much energy and you slate, hi, this is Dave Fenoy, because they might not bother to listen to the rest of it because it's just too far away from where the character is. Okay. Um, so I wouldn't say slating in character is so important as the right amount of energy for your slate. Okay. Um, will we see you in Atlanta for VO in Atlanta? Oh, you absolutely will. I've got uh, some X sessions. I'll be on some panels. Uh, so definitely, uh, if if they're not filled up already, yeah, I'd be happy to have whoever in my class. Um, Talk to people, you know, come say hello. That's the reason that I'm there and other people like me are there is uh, to meet people, to share information. Uh, That's what these conferences are all about. And don't hand me your card. I mean, you can, but the people that you want to get in touch with, get their card. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask people for their card, for their information. That's what we're there for. Excellent. I appreciate that. And I appreciate your candor. Um, how about your coaching? Um, you offer one-on-one, do you do group classes and what's the best way for people to connect with you? Reference. Uh, well, I have a feeling see. you're going to have an uptick. <laughs> <laughs> you can go to my website, DaveFenoy.com. There's a tab at the top that says study VO and you can book yourself for one, five, 10 or 20 sessions. Uh, and we can go from there. Excellent. Well, because you have a heart out, we want to start wrapping up so you can bug out. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Before you go, we like to ask our guests three for fun questions, a little James Lipton style. We've focused on enough voiceover. But there's no um, fern behind me. Oh, yeah. yeah exactly. Let, Dave, you're supposed to imagine that there is a fern behind you. <laughs> 
Well played. <laughs> it's called <Thanks>. acting. <laughs> so our first question is, what singer, band, or composer are you enjoying right now? Oh, boy, I'm old school. I still like my Funkadelics, nice. my Jimi Hendrix, my, my Stevie Wonder, uh, my Earth, Wind, and Fire. All right. Very good. What podcast? Do you listen to podcasts? I should ask you then, that. You know, I have not become a podcast listener. Every now and then I catch one. The latest thing I've been listening to uh, has been Michelle Obama. <laughs> and that's all. Awesome. Oh, wait. Wait. We have a tie-in. What? Michelle Obama's new podcast. <gasps> oh, I, I am proud to say that I am the podcast insert for Audible. On Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. That was wow. well done, JT. Way to tie Thank that you. in. I'm telling you, go <laughs> Perfect. So uh, the last question is, what is your favorite dessert? Chocolate ice cream. Good stuff. Good Man. stuff. All right. And you can well, pour a little amaretto on it and cut some bananas up in it too. And lower <laughs> that mm-hmm. Now we're talking. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, Jen, Jen, and Alicia, thank you so much. Yes, uh, thank it you. It is an honor to be here to be asked to uh, share uh, my thoughts on uh, voice acting, and uh, it's, it's I love. I'm still as excited every booking as I was the first booking. And I hope everybody in this business uh, gets to have that feeling as often as I do. Yeah, well, us too. We sure appreciate you and your time so much. And everyone in the room is uh, saying thank you as well. And uh, thank you to everybody in the room for joining us. And we want to remind everybody in the room that Video Booth Besties has grown to two nights a week. You usually join us on Mondays and Thursdays, same time, same place. But this Thursday, we have a very special guest from across the pond, Nick Redman. If you aren't familiar with Nick, she is amazing. You won't want to miss it. But because of our time difference, this Thursday's clubhouse will be at 10 a.m. Pacific or 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, And we will have, of course, the replay available on the podcast. Uh, Nick is going to be talking about using breathing techniques to get the most out of your read. Absolutely. So if you can't join us at one o'clock on Thursday, um, 10 a.m. Pacific, the episode should be loaded up uh, to our podcast page by our usual clubhouse time of five Pacific, eight Eastern. Meanwhile, be sure to connect with each of us on LinkedIn and follow BOBB on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, If you want to hear replays of tonight's episode or any previous discussions, you can listen to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts or on the podcast tab at boothbesties.com. Thank you all so much. Have a great night. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. Video Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing.